Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And in this episode of our podcast, we are wrapping up our sermon series called Ugly Christmas Sweaters, where we've been talking about what you can do to avoid all the ugly attitudes that we tend to embrace this time of year. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about what you need to do to avoid having ugly thoughts and using ugly words and having ugly motives this time of year. Well, as we finish up this series today, we're going to be focused in on what we need to do to avoid ugly actions. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So back in the spring of this year, the story of a woman named Laverne Ford Wimberly started making the rounds on social media. And Miss Laverne, she lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she's been a part of a church there called the Metropolitan Baptist Church for more than 20 years. But back in the spring of this year, like so many other churches, including us here at Melbourne Heights, Metropolitan Baptist Church wasn't meeting in person. They were only worshiping together online. And they had made that decision like so many other churches, not this past spring, but spring of 2020 as the COVID-19 virus began to spread. But when Metropolitan Baptist Church made the decision that they were going to start worshiping online only to help slow the spread of this potentially deadly virus, Miss Laverne, she couldn't imagine herself going to church, getting ready and being a part of these worship services, wearing her bathrobe and her slippers and sitting in her living room. So before Metropolitan Baptist Church had their first online only worship service, Miss Laverne made a decision. See, she decided that she was going to do what her mother had taught her to do since she was a little girl. And every Saturday night, she was going to pick out a nice outfit with a matching hat that she would wear to church on Sunday morning. So that's exactly what she did. That first Saturday night before Metropolitan's first online-only service on Sunday, she picked out her hat, she picked out her clothes, and she was ready to go come Sunday morning. But it's once she was ready on that first Sunday morning that Miss Laverne made the decision that would eventually lead her to go viral on social media a year later. Miss Laverne decided that she was going to take out her cell phone and she was going to take a selfie of herself all dressed up. She was going to share it on her Facebook page. And once she posted her picture on her Facebook page, and they look something like this one that we're going to show right now, when Miss Laverne posted her first picture looking like this, Her friends on Facebook just absolutely loved this picture. So Ms. Laverne made the decision then and there that she was going to do the exact same thing. Come Saturday night, she was going to pick out a nice outfit with a matching hat. And then on Sunday morning, she was going to sit down for worship, and she was going to take a picture of herself and share it on social media. So she did it that next Sunday, and then next Sunday, and then next Sunday. And she kept doing this every single Sunday all throughout the height So by the time Ms. Laverne's story started making national news back in the spring, she had been doing this for 53 weeks in a row. But as incredible as it is that she got up every Sunday morning, got dressed up to go to online church, I think what's even more incredible is that Ms. Laverne, she was old school. And she would never dare commit the fashion faux pas of wearing the same outfit two Sunday mornings in a row. So for 53 straight weeks, she wore a different outfit, different hat combination every single Sunday. And she did that by taking a calendar after that first week and writing down on that calendar exactly what she wore each Sunday. So week after week, she'd go back and she'd check and she'd double-check her calendar just to make sure that she always looked 
acrobats. Now, when I first heard about Laverne's story back in the spring of this year, my initial thoughts were that Miss Laverne is an incredibly inspiring person. I mean, she found a way that she could love God and continue to worship God in her own way and during an extremely difficult time. But that's not all that she did. Miss Laverne also found a way that she could lift up other people as we were all going through an extremely difficult time. But my second thought after I heard Miss Laverne's story was I couldn't help but wonder when the last time was that I had put that much thought into any outfit that I put on that she put into what she was wearing to church every Sunday morning. And the more that I thought about it, the more I realized that probably the last time I put that much thought into what I was going to wear on a Sunday morning was September 25th, 2011. That was the first Sunday that I ever came to preach at Melbourne Heights to figure out if I would become the pastor of this congregation. But since I don't put a whole lot of thought into what I'm going to be wearing, I end up wearing stuff like this, ugly Christmas sweaters. And if you've been paying attention throughout the sermon series, you've probably realized by now that I am pretty fond of ugly Christmas sweaters. So I've got ugly Christmas sweaters that cover the whole gamut. I've got bold green ugly Christmas sweaters and bright red ones. I've got ones like this long sleeve t-shirt we have had made up that have the nativity scene on them. I've got other ugly Christmas sweaters that have uh, a reindeer whose antlers light up, or at least they used to before the batteries died. And I do, in fact, have ugly Christmas sweater socks that I love to break out this time of year. But I haven't been wearing these ugly Christmas sweaters all throughout this Christmas season simply because I have questionable taste in fashion. I've actually been wearing these ugly Christmas sweaters for another reason altogether. And that's the fact that ugly Christmas sweaters do a good job of capturing what Christmas is really like for so many of us today. And that's because in our attempts to make Christmas perfect, we embrace ugly attitudes this time of year. In our attempts to make Christmas perfect, we embrace ugly attitudes this time of year. And when we embrace ugly attitudes during this season, we take what is supposed to be a happy and joyous time of the year. We take what's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, and we make it miserable instead. But this Christmas... This Christmas doesn't have to be that way. This Christmas doesn't have to be miserable for us. This Christmas can be the most wonderful time of the year. This Christmas can be a happy and joyous season when we get together to celebrate the good news of Jesus' birth with our family and with our friends. But in order for that to happen, this Christmas, you need to leave the ugly and sweaters. This Christmas, you need to leave the ugly and sweaters. So... How exactly do you do that? How do you leave the ugly to the Christmas sweaters? Well, that's what we've been talking about over the last several Sundays throughout the sermon series here at Melbourne Heights. We've been talking about what we need to do to leave the ugly to the sweaters, and we've been doing that by focusing in on a few areas where we tend to have ugly attitudes and thinking about each of those areas and then talking about what we can do to avoid the ugliness in those areas. So we started three weeks ago by talking about what we need to do to avoid having ugly thoughts at Christmas. And we saw that if we want to avoid having ugly thoughts, that we need to replace those thoughts with good thoughts, with thoughts of things that bring us joy instead. So we challenged you all throughout this Christmas season to help us decorate our sanctuary space with things that bring us joy by making little Christmas ornaments for us. 
and writing down things that bring you joy. So I've been looking at those ornaments every week, and I've been blown away by the things that bring us joy. And I have to say, it has uplifted my spirit along the way as well. So as I was looking around this week, I saw things that bring us joy are things like nature, sunshine. My personal favorite, I already talked about this one when we first confronted it, was pasta brings someone in our church joy. And there's nothing wrong with having food bringing joy. Christmas cookies was on one. Christmas movies, there are a lot of different things that bring us joy. So if we want to avoid those ugly thoughts, we need to focus in on those things that bring us joy instead of then two weeks ago, we spent our time together talking about what we need to do to avoid using ugly words at Christmas. And we saw that if we want to avoid using ugly words, then we have to think before we speak. Because our words have the power to give life, and our words have the power to take life. So if we don't want to use ugly words, we have to be intentional about what we say before those words ever leave our lips. Last week, we spent our time together talking about what we need to do to avoid ugly motives at Christmas. And we were reminded that if we want to avoid ugly motives at Christmas, we have to remember what our real motivation as followers of Jesus is. And our motivation is Jesus. So in everything that we say, everything that we do, not only at Christmas time, but all throughout the year, we need to be thinking about if our words and our deeds are going to honor Jesus. Well, today, as we finish up the sermon series, we're going to be talking about what we need to do to avoid ugly actions this Christmas. And I was reminded of just how ugly we can act at Christmas time. Not very long ago, when my family sat down to watch Hannah's absolute favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone. Now, Home Alone came out back in 1990, which was more than 20 years before my daughter was actually born. But she loves this movie. And this movie, it tells the story of a little boy named Kevin McAllister who unsurprisingly gets left home alone at Christmas time. But before he gets left home alone, the movie actually opens up with some pretty ugly actions inside of the McAllister family. You see in the opening scenes of the movie that Kevin gets picked on by his older brother. You see that him get belittled by his uncle. You see Kevin get into an argument with his mother. And then you see Kevin wishes his entire family would disappear. But as ugly as each of those actions can be, they pale in comparison to the most ugly action that we see throughout this movie. And that's when a couple of crows, one named Harry and one named Mark, make the decision that they're going to break into people's houses on Christmas Eve and burglarize them before Christmas Day arrives. Now, it doesn't get much worse than breaking into somebody's house and stealing the presents out from under their tree on Christmas Eve. So as the movie Home Alone unfolds, it's really not that hard to find yourself rooting for Kevin McAllister as he does everything that he can to run off these, this group of bandits from shooting BB guns at them to turning a blowtorch on them and everything in between. Now, most of us, we could never imagine doing something as despicable as stealing from people on Christmas Eve. That doesn't mean that we don't do ugly things at Christmas. Sometimes we do the exact same ugly things that we see the McAllister family do at the start of the movie. We call each other names. We put each other down. We get into arguments with our family and with our friends. We even wish that there were certain relatives that we never had to see again. But with 
regardless of if your actions are as ugly as the wet bandits when they were breaking into people's houses and trying to steal Christmas, or if your ugly actions look more like Kevin McAllister's older brother Buzz did when he was teasing and tormenting his younger brother, doesn't especially matter. Because regardless of how bad your ugly actions may or may not be, the first step that you have to take if you want to control your behavior is to admit that you are responsible for your own actions. You are responsible for your own actions. So it doesn't matter if your big brother teases you at Christmas time. You are responsible for your own actions. It doesn't matter if somebody cuts in front of you and steals your parking space at Target during the holiday season. You are responsible for your own actions. It doesn't matter if your Christmas cookies burn while you're baking them. It doesn't matter if nobody buys a single present for you this year that was on your Christmas list. And it doesn't matter what annoying relative you have to put up with during your holiday celebrations. You are responsible for your own actions. And since you are responsible for your own actions, that means that you get to decide if you are going to act ugly this Christmas or not. But before you make that decision on how you're going to act this Christmas, I want to take a minute and I want to share with you something that the Apostle Paul, who is the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, shares in a letter that he writes to the church in the ancient city of Colossae. So in this book that we call the Book of Colossians, Paul is writing a letter where he is urging followers of Jesus in the city of Colossae to live differently than the people in the world around them. So let's listen to exactly what Paul tells this group of Christians in the city of Colossae. We'll start reading in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what Paul writes. He writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, in this passage, Paul begins by kind of alluding to the fact that we are all responsible for our own actions. And he does that by comparing the, our choice in actions to our choice in clothing. So, Paul is urging, he is imploring the clothing. Christians living in the city of Colossae to be as intentional when they are choosing what actions they'll undertake as they are when they're picking out what clothes they're going to wear. And for us, Paul is imploring everyone who follows Jesus to be as intentional when we're deciding how we're going to behave as Miss Laverne Ford Wimberly was when she was picking out the clothes that she was going to wear on Sunday mornings throughout the pandemic. So Paul urges us in this passage to put on compassion, to clothe ourselves in kindness, to clothe ourselves in humility, to clothe ourselves in gentleness, to clothe ourselves in patience. But that's not all that Paul does in this passage. And that's because the word that we translate as clothe in English actually has a much deeper meaning. The Greek word that we translate as clothe in this passage is the word in duo. And the word in duo literally means to sink into a garment. And there's a big difference between sinking into a garment versus just wearing some clothes. When I think 
think about what it means to sink into a garment. I think about the kind of clothes that we all have that we only wear at home. And you've all got those clothes that you only wear around the house. It might be that super comfortable hoodie or t-shirt or whatever it is, but we all have those clothes that we would only wear around the house, but we are completely comfortable doing anything around the house in them. So we'll lounge around the couch in them. We'll take a nap in them. We'll clean the bathroom in them and go outside and do yard work in them. But we are so comfortable in those clothes that we can do, we can wear them all the time and do anything. So when Paul urges us to clothe ourselves in compassion, in kindness, in humility, in gentleness, in patience, Paul is telling us that we need to be so comfortable with these actions that we will naturally do them in any situation that we may face. But in order for us to be that comfortable doing all of these actions, we need to think about what it actually would feel like to wear these actions. So let's take a minute and talk about what it would feel like to wear each one of these actions that Paul mentions in this passage. All right, and Paul begins by telling us that we need to clothe ourselves in compassion. And another way to think about compassion is compassion is very similar to empathy. And that means that you are able to see a situation from somebody else's perspective. So Paul tells us to clothe ourselves and our ability to see and experience through somebody else's eyes. So I think about what it would feel like to, clo- to dress ourselves, to clothe ourselves in compassion. What I think it would be like is wearing an itchy wool sweater. When you wear an itchy wool sweater, you can't help but think about where you itch and your need to scratch it. Well, being clothed in compassion means that you are aware of where others itch. You also want to be able to help them scratch their itches. So clothing yourself in compassion is like wearing an itchy, scratchy wool sweater. The next thing that Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in is kindness. And kindness is our willingness to humble ourselves, to serve other people, to help them out. So when I think about what it would be like to clothe ourselves in kindness, I think about putting on a pair of work gloves. Because when you're wearing work gloves, you're ready to get to work with whatever situation it may be. And sometimes that means that you're literally putting on work gloves so that you can go out and work in your yard or something along those lines. But sometimes clothing yourself in kindness means that you're simply willing to share an encouraging word with somebody who's going through a difficult time. So if we're going to clothe ourselves in kindness, we need to be ready to put on those work gloves. The next thing that Paul tells us that we need to clothe ourselves in is humility. And my favorite definition of humility is that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So, if we're going to be humble, we need to put ourselves on the back burner a little bit. And when I think about what it would be like to dress ourselves in humility, I think it's like putting on a pair of Crocs. And we're talking those old school original Crocs, the foam rubber shoes with the little holes in the top of them. Because when you are wearing a pair of the original Crocs, you're really not concerned with what anybody thinks about your appearance. Instead, you're dressed and you're ready for whatever the world may throw at you. So wearing and dressing and clothing yourselves in humility is like wearing a pair of Crocs. The next thing that Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in is gentleness. And gentleness, uh, for a lot of us, when we think about gentleness, we equate it with weakness. But gentleness is really the opposite of that. Gentleness is being able to control your strength and not using it until you find yourself in a situation where you can help someone else or you can stand up for someone else. 
So when I think about what it would be like to clothe yourself in gentleness, I think it's like putting on a pair of gym shorts. Because not everybody's going to wear a pair of gym shorts, and not everybody is going to be able to be gentle in this life. But when you wear gym shorts, you are absolutely ready to go for what with whatever the world may throw at you. You're ready to jump in at a moment's notice and help people out when they're in a situation that you can aid and assist them in. The final thing that Paul tells us that we need to dress ourselves in is patience. And patience is our ability to face any situation or circumstance and endure it for a long period of time without getting angry or giving up. So when I think about what it means for us to clothe ourselves in patience, what that means is it's putting on your favorite t-shirt. That t-shirt that you wear all the time, the one that might have a couple of holes in the sleeve, maybe a stain or two on the front of it, but a t-shirt that you were comfortable wearing 24 hours a day, seven days a week without any problem at all. So, in this passage, Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in the itchy wool sweater of compassion. He tells us to clothe ourselves in the work gloves of kindness. He tells us to clothe ourselves in the crocs of humility. He tells us to clothe ourselves in the gym shorts of gentleness. He tells us to clothe ourselves in the comfy t-shirt of patience. But let's be honest. If we had to put on all of those clothes, that's a whole lot that we'd have to wear. And the truth of the matter is that we would look absolutely ridiculous wearing all of those things at the same time. And that's why Paul actually finishes this passage that we just looked at the way that he does. Paul finishes the passage by saying, beyond all these things, put on love. Beyond all these things, put on love. And Paul tells us that that we should put on love beyond all these other things, because love does everything that Paul mentioned. Love is compassionate. Love is kind. Love is humble. Love is gentle. Love is patient. So, if we want to avoid ugly actions, we have to clothe ourselves in love. If we want to avoid ugly actions this Christmas, we have to clothe ourselves in love. And love is what Christmas is really all about. It's like the gospel. John, or John's biography of Jesus, reminds us when it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The story of Christmas, it reminds us of the fact that God put love into action. God put love into action when he sent Jesus into this world to experience everything that it means to be human, including dying on the cross, so that there can be nothing that stands between us and God, so that there can be nothing that separates us from having a relationship with God. God puts love into action in Christmas. But Christmas is about more than just God putting his love into action. Christmas is also a challenge for all of us love into action in our own lives as well. So that's what I want to challenge you to do this week, with Christmas Day being only a few days away. I want to challenge you to clothe yourself in compassion, in kindness, in humility, in gentleness, in patience. I want to challenge you to find
find someone, just one person that you can show compassion to this week. I want to challenge you to find someone, just one person that you can show kindness to this week. I want to challenge you to find someone, just one person that you can show humility to this week. I want to challenge you to find someone, just one person that you can be gentle with this week. I want to challenge you to find someone, just one person that you can be patient with this week. I want to challenge you to find someone with someone that you can put love into action this Christmas. It could be with a stranger. It could be with a neighbor. It could be with a friend. Or it could be with a family member that you're going to be celebrating Christmas with in just a few days. Find a way to clothe yourself the way that Paul tells us to. Find a way to put your love into action. And if you do, you'll see that you really can leave the ugly the Christmas sweaters that you wear. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we are once again challenged, God. You know that during the Christmas season that it's not hard to see ugly actions that are happening, not only all around us, but also in our own lives, God. From the ugly things that we say, the ugly things that we think, the ugly motives that we have, they all carry into the actions that we undertake this time of year. So God, we belittle other people. We argue with our family and with our friends. We call names, we pick on people, we do things that are just plain mean. So God, let us all be challenged and reminded today what this season is really about. The season's not about throwing the perfect, perfect Christmas party. It's not about getting everything that's on our Christmas list. It's not about having all of our Christmas cookies turn out perfect. This season is all about His love. Because you loved us so much that you sent Jesus into this world to lay down His life for us. So God challenged us to be willing to lay down our life as we love other people. Not only this week, but every single Pray it all in Jesus' name. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to be as intentional as you are thinking about how to behave this Christmas as you are when you're picking out what clothes you're going to wear to your Christmas celebrations. Because as followers of Jesus, we are called to dress ourselves in his love and share the love of God everywhere we go. So we hope that you'll find ways to share God's love throughout your Christmas celebrations. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, this was the last sermon in our Ugly Christmas Sweater Sermon Series. So in our next episode, we're going to be starting into a brand new sermon series called Mosaic, where we're going to be looking at different stories from Jesus' life to see how they can help us form a bigger picture and a better understanding of who Jesus really is. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Well, until next time, I I hope that you guys have a great week this week, that you have a very Merry Christmas, and you enjoy it however you'll be celebrating it. And we'll see you back here soon for another Sermon Podcast.